So I believe we do have Tim O'Donnell, director extraordinaire of this great documentary, Tougher Than a Tank. Uh, Tim, are you with us? Yeah, thanks so much for having us. I, I have a, a, another special guest. Uh, co-director John Mercer is here. Okay, cool. And, we have Tim and, and John both. Awesome. Apologies for not not giving you that up, but uh, we're actually on a, another documentary film shoot and uh, excited oh, wow. to be joining, uh, talking about uh, our most recent film. Wait a and, minute. Uh, you're yeah, actually man, on set and you're actually... Joining us on Below the Belt Show while you're on set of this other documentary? This is crazy. It's true. It's true. Here we are. Oh, my God. Well, we appreciate the uh, the time management, <laughs> I guess, the multitasking to be with us. And and, and um, Tim and, 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 and John, if you'd like to, to enable your videos, you're more than welcome. But if you want to stick to audio, that is totally cool, too. Uh, we are inside our production van right now, so it's going to be a very exciting background for you. Um, but here we are. Okay. <laughs> I think that works yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you guys together? Hey. Hey. Uh, we uh, we are in Vermont. Uh, been filming for a week or so, and uh, lacking some sleep and bigger beards than we typically have. Uh, yes. So it's. it's <laughs> that it's is exactly great to what be uh, uh, for our beards, for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we, we'll talk you about know, this on the dot. But we got to talk about Absolutely. we got to talk about tougher than attack because uh, John and Tim, it was a powerful, powerful um, documentary that really resonated with us. Hey guys, um, had all the feels, man. And I know everybody, whether a friend or family member had served in the military, um, can relate to it. And even if you don't know someone that served in the military, I, I think you can be emotionally drawn to this documentary. And uh, I guess I'll start with the beginnings of it. I mean, uh, in pursuing Eddie and Noah as subjects, first of all, um, how did that go about? Um, as you know, there's probably many vets with a similar situation from serving um, that have had injuries. What stood out about Noah and Eddie's story for you guys? Yeah, I think, you know, like we uh, were very lucky to know Noah um, uh, through common circles, um, but it kind of goes back a little bit further, I think, before we sort of met Noah and, and got to know Noah. You know, me and John are both civilians and we happened to meet a veteran uh, a little over 10 years ago, uh, Nick Pomachano, who's who's a producer on this film. And he kind of let us in a little bit and we started making films within the veteran community. And I think there was this like common bond, common trust. And that was building. And then, you know, we had this lucky encounter with Noah and we actually made a, a short film uh, about Noah before this ah. long film called tougher than a tank um so it's a little so, yeah, <laughs> yes yeah totally yeah not very common in the documentary space right. uh, yeah third trilogy maybe we we'll do a trilogy yeah, um but uh yeah and you know it was uh one of those things where you know me, me and john made this shorter film with noah and then one day he called us and was like hey i'm gonna run uh 145 miles to reconnect with a wounded vet i haven't seen in 12 years 
And he was just letting us know. He wasn't like, hey, let's make a film. And, and we're like, I think it wasn't even a question. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like, let's, let's just get in a van, uh, <laughs> as we are tonight. Uh, and, uh, let's, let's just go do this thing, yeah. Are you guys in the van that was in the movie? I guess no, there were a couple. I, I would say, like, that was... Uh, there was, uh, like, a very little van moment in filming with Noah, and we are like, you know what? We should, we should have a van. And then there was another van film that happened after that, and then and then I and then I got my own van, and and uh, here we are in Vermont in a van, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds van pretty van. cool. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned moments ago, you both never served in the military, yet you made two films that featured the military as protagonists. And I want you to talk about because you mentioned something moments ago about earning that trust of these men and women who served, fought live, bread, died for the country, that they're able to trust the both of you to share their stories. So I want you to talk about that process for a bit. Yeah, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back into that. I think the baseline of um, making a connection, so you're outside of community, right? Like we're, we're civilians and we're entering the veterans, veteran space. And um it's a venn diagram you know there's commonalities that we all have that we share you know um initially just personally it was me with wrestling i wrestled in high school college and then coached high school for six years and nick uh palmashano who's a producer on this film uh he he wrestled and is part of the wrestling community and so that was just that one common thing that we we kind of bonded on and allowed me in and i think all the films we do veteran and, and non-veteran related all have that common thing where it's it's this window this door we want to let people in like you know uh, at the end of the day we're all just trying to connect and i think documentary films are is an interesting space to do that uh to bring people in and so um even though tougher than a tank is one film and it's one story about noah and eddie uh i think it also kind of has been building up for me and john with getting to know the community being outsiders, having lots of questions, um, you know, and then hopefully paying, paying respect, uh, and then also honoring stories. Um, but you know, I think it, I think it also goes back to just um, we're gonna do something and we're gonna show up, and you know, and like uh, that goes a long way, um, especially when it's early mornings uh, and late late nights uh, film sessions. But I don't know. I think I feel like a lot of the things we've been doing has has just been mirroring uh, a lot of that stuff um, within the, the veteran community. You really struck gold with, with Eddie and Noah. I mean, you those two subjects have such a story to tell of, of being um, almost lifelong friends that have both enlisted in the Marines and one, um, both injured, one invisible injury, the other severely injured with brain injury. Uh, and and Eddie is such such a good spirit, despite his 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 brain trauma. Um, just maintains a sense of humor, and I, I love how you were able to capture that he can only laugh, he cannot cry, but he can only laugh. And uh, his father was like, "I'd rather that he's able to laugh than cry." Uh, that really really touched me when uh when you guys uh interviewed uh, Eddie's father about that. But uh, just overall working with Eddie, just just describe uh, what was like, well, what it was like dealing with Eddie as a subject. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Eddie Eddie is a great subject because um, you know uh, he, he 
can only be direct in some ways. Um, and uh, he also, you know, I, I think his, his personality uh, is very present and there's not any kind of artifice around it. He, he just is, uh, he is who he is and, and, and he likes what he likes. And uh, a lot of those things are, you know, consistent from uh, times before the injury with him. Um, you know, I, I think when even when we were just kind of reacting to what uh, Noah was about to do uh, and knowing that Eddie was a part of this, you know, I think we had a lot of conversation about um, how what, what's the best way to work with someone mm. with a with a brain injury. Right. And and um, it was mostly like, how can we give Eddie uh, screen time here? Uh, where he can express himself in, in to the best of his ability and like right how, how can we you know include him in a way that isn't it's like not pandering to his injury um right you know, allowing him to speak for himself and then um you know what are what are some other ways that we can introduce people who are key to uh, his life right now and, and and his caregiving primarily his parents and people immediately around him, um, how can we use them to sort of voice the things that Eddie is not able to voice? Um, so there's a little bit of a line there too, because you, you can't let everyone speak for Eddie all the time. Uh, so, I, I mean, honestly, it, it, it's kind of going back to that first question about like, you know, how do you get into a community that that isn't yours? Well, you, you turn up and you spend time and you take time and you slow down and, and if you know, the interview takes a little bit more and you have to work at it a little bit more than, than you do those things. And, uh, I think Eddie reacted really well because we were, we were there. It wasn't like, okay, like five minutes, Eddie say something, right? Like, you know, we, we, we hung out with him. This dude. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we like cracked a lot of jokes along the way because Eddie, Eddie loves telling jokes and we love jokes and, you know, like yeah, that was like, sure and, did. Yeah, and then we we got around to you know talking about things that are a little more important to him, and um, yeah, it's, it's just time, it's just time, you know. But it, it it's easy at the end of the day, also because it is just time. Cool. And then switching over to Noah, so you were following Noah during his run uh, in the van, um, but I couldn't help but notice that Noah and his buddy that he recruited sat in the van for a little while so did he technically <laughs> complete the run and uh how, how did you want to i guess explain um the time that they sat in the van and not running yeah i think like it's uh such a commitment right to run right 145 miles in three days so 70 miles day one uh massive elevation change through the berkshires which right. are this huge mountain range um day two you're looking at you know, another huge run. Um, and you know, day three, day three is this change, right? It's 15 miles left and, um, you know, exhaustion hits hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've, we've gotten to work with a lot of ultra athletes and the common problem for folks is back to back marathon, back to back events. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. typically you have this recovery period, you know, we've also worked with you know, UFC MMA athletes and it's this recovery thing. Like you don't, you don't have two UFC fights back to back. It's not like you're right. Friday yeah. you're fighting and Saturday you're fighting. Right. It's like, right. Months. And so between. Yeah. that is kind of the battle that Noah put himself up into. And it, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, metaphors in there, or there's a lot you can dig into with him putting himself there, uh, you know, part partially because he, 
obviously he felt this need to, to reach out to Eddie. He wanted to reach out to Eddie, but he also, it's not going to be easy because I haven't seen him for 12 years. And it's been, you know, he's gone through all these things personally, like part of this film is Ed, you know, Eddie's story, but it's also Noah's story. Somebody who has these invisible wounds that has, you know, um, it's complicated. It's not, it's gray. All this stuff is gray. So to go back to, to resting, you know, resting is huge, you know, walking, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to see this film about this guy running 145 miles. Well, he's not running all the time. He's got to walk, you know, right. at times the miles suck. Like at times he's sitting and, you know, we're, it was a unique scenario where the filmmakers are now embedded with the um, support team. Right. It's not, it's not like we, we can be um, separate from the folks that are, because anybody that's doing this kind of run has a team. So there's all these people, there's water, there's food, there's emergency scenarios, there's, right. everyone's, everyone's checking in, you know, because this is not like a safe uh, thing to do. Um, what about sleep? Stop very quickly. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so you see it all. And, you know, we're, we're sort of embedded in there. And at times we had to shift our, um, what we were doing, uh, whether we were holding a camera or putting a camera down and, and talking and just, you know, being there or grabbing a water or grabbing whatever. And, mm. you know, that's, that's part of, uh, hopefully the film we can convey is, is we're there and we're not just peace, you know, all right, well, we're going to go back to the hotel and hang out for a few hours. No, we're, we're probably going to be there and hopefully capture everything. And, you know, uh, so yeah, yeah it's, but the, the, it's interesting because Noah's with two civilians uh right. two civilians that decided to join the run and uh i, I love that they had a drop yeah. policy too right yeah. like um so you know no no has been running with these guys for a while and they they all have proven themselves to each other they're all getting up very early in the morning to run because they have families and jobs and other responsibilities and yet they they want to get these miles in but like i i think at the origination of this idea no was like hey i'm thinking about doing this yeah. And his training partners were like, well, all right, yeah, like, let's just come along. Um, but having a drop policy, I mean, uh, there's so much more trust there as opposed to no drop. No drop is like, okay, we're all in this together. And if you have an issue, we're all going to slow down. We're going to deal with it. And if you can't make the miles, we all don't make the miles. But the drop policy is like, hey, uh, this is a very uh, large task in front mm -hmm. of us. And um, I'm not sure if we're all going to get there. Um, but but I the the trust comes in of like I know that you're gonna try very hard to to do these miles, and if you have to drop, it's because you you physically couldn't do it, um, and that's okay. Mm. And we'll pick you up and and we'll reset tomorrow, right. and you're gonna do the same thing, and you know we'll get as far as we get. And and if you drop, like I know that you're gonna drop because you you literally can't take another step, you know, and and that's that's what happens. So. Right. Anyone who's not actively running or even walking or moving another step forward, I mean, that drop is a is a real drop. You like you mm. dropped because you just can't do it anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm sure there were aspects that we didn't see. I mean, it's three days, right? Mm. Roughly to do the 145 miles. Um, where where did Noah and his and, and his recruits sleep uh, during yeah. that time? Well, I, I actually want to like. Um, Let's preface that answer a little bit too, because it's three days yeah. for 145 miles, but um, they really only ran 15 miles on the last day. So, okay. so days one and two, um, significantly large days. Uh, the last day, uh, a little bit of warm up, and then like a really intense 5K. And they mm -hmm. were, the, what were their splits on like the last 5K? It was like seven and a half minute miles. 
Yeah. Jesus. Seven and a half minutes. Wow. Like they dropped people. They dropped other people that joined like the last 5K off the back because they were there. <laughs> Production van. <laughs> There's equipment in the van and like, you know, like stuff's going to move around. Um, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 uh, it was one of those films too that, um, you know, me and John didn't set out to make a feature. Uh, yeah, no, but no. It, it definitely proved yeah. itself. And so there was a lot of time before and after. Um, but, you know, it, it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, it, day one started, you know, 3.30 a.m. and didn't end until 9, 10 p.m., you know, and they were just running the whole time. It, mm. um, it, it's pretty remarkable, you know, decades after service for somebody like that. It goes back to the mental aspect, I think, of what some of these people have uh that you know maybe attracts them to the marine corps or whatever you know whatever line of work it doesn't have to be military but it's just sort of ingrained and that just continues on and i think for noah he always has a mission there's what's what's next and right now i know he's thinking of what's next Mm. wow that's awesome let's talk about casey affleck's involvement as executive producer how'd that go about and um was one of those things uh we got to put casey somewhere in, in front of the camera for the documentary or, or was that was he on the post-production point of the film for sure yeah i mean we he's definitely more on the the post-production side okay. uh, he's been a very big supporter of the project he he sort he loves you know knowing eddie's story um and uh he'd been working with nick palmashano who's a producer on the film uh and sort of silently helping a lot of veteran projects and uh advocacy work and uh you know it's pretty neat when you know we got to um tell officially uh noah and eddie's family that you know uh, he wanted to be involved and he wanted to put his name and help the film and um uh you know that i think i think it's just kind of like um a point of acknowledgement um not just for noah and eddie but the veteran community um that their voices are being heard uh and so uh yeah it was it was very supportive um we've had a lot of really great engaging conversations with casey and um it's been wonderful to have that additional support um and you know he's just only sort of helped the film and advocated for it oh that's awesome wow vincent dean i know your your wheels are spinning yeah, man, I'm I, I'm so tempted to pepper you guys with questions. I just saw it last night, so it's so fresh in my mind. Um, yeah, and, you know, this is right up my alley. I'm not a veteran or anything, but, like, Barkley Marathons is one of my favorite documentaries. So <laughs> yeah. this was, like, when I saw the description, I was like, holy shit, I got to watch this. Um, but I guess my, you know, my biggest question would just be, it occurs to me with something like this, the biggest decision is when you're going to drop information. And I thought you guys did a terrific job of it because it answered questions I didn't necessarily know I had. It wasn't like, oh, here's a big reveal. But it was like, oh, I was wondering who those other two guys are and what their deal is. Mm-hmm. And I I did want to hear Eddie talk. And you you chose a nice time to drop that. How do you how do you structure this thing? Like, how did you make those decisions about when to release bits of info? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I feel like we've evolved that process over the years too. You know, um, with with something a film like this that is sort of chronicling uh, an event that takes place in a, in a fixed amount of time. I mean, in some ways, uh, Noah beginning to run and and 
ending the run, uh, those are things that are known. Um, sure. And that's helpful. And then, I, you know, I think I think a lot of the times, um, you know, it, it's interesting because it, it maybe comes across to the viewer as like an information reveal. A lot of the times when we're charting that, when we're working with our editors, you know, we are more often than not, we're, we're, we're plotting uh, emotional response more mm. than information. And um, that's that's the biggest thing for us when we make decisions about like pacing and even just like connection. And it's like, you know, how much how much do you need to know about this person to get going? Right. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit later, you know, how much do you need to know about this person to uh, say engage with them, right? And, and understand um, how they're feeling in this moment, whether that's that's a high or a low. And then and then how do you feel about it as a viewer, you know? Um, and I, I think in this film, you know, th there were a lot of choices about how the, how the tone could uh, kind of be conveyed. Um, there's certainly with Eddie and, and with Noah and, and, and the issues at hand, um, there can be a lot of weight. It can feel very heavy or sometimes you can get that information in a way that is a little bit lighter and you're, you're kind of moving with it. You're moving that, uh, that emotion along with them. So, you know, the fact that they are in motion for a lot of this film is helpful. <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I feel like in addition to like the, the, the logistical chart on films like these, we, we sort of like we plan around ups and downs and OK, I, I need you or I want you as a viewer to be hearing this information when you are in this state. And then and then we kind of structure the reveal around that, too. Um, yeah. But um, I love that you mentioned, you know, the moment where Eddie does speak for the first time in the film. And uh, I, I feel like we probably spent the most time thinking about mm. that. When is the right time to hear Eddie's voice? Um, when is it, you know, more appropriate for others to speak and represent Eddie's opinion? Um, and how far into this, you know, can we get before we, we actually need to hear him and and understand a little bit more about? Because I think when you when you hear him, you know, you uh, you you get a better sense of who he is. You, you get a little bit closer to being in the room with him. And I, I think you also, for better or worse, you understand the extent of his injury. Yeah. 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 Uh, because he wants to be telling you a lot of things and the words that are available uh, are much smaller than that. And I think um, the, the pace with which he's delivering information and the time when you hear it, you know, we, we really worked quite a bit to place that in the right moment where you could hear those things. You could be okay with hearing them and and confronting his injury for yourself, whatever that meant to you, and and also it was the right time, you know, to um, people were invested enough to understand and, and want to know those things and want to go on the journey of um, facing Eddie's injury along, along with Noah. One of okay. the things that you also did great with the with the with the pacing uh, with Eddie was revealing that their father and and uh, Eddie's father was insistent on not pulling the plug initially. Um, and that was a key moment because sometimes maybe, maybe pulling the plug too soon, it, it could, could, could change the course of, you know, the entire life of that, that individual, you know, in this case, they insisted on keeping Eddie in the plug, uh, uh, and, you know, keeping Eddie plug rather. And, uh, which resulted in him living, which was exceeding the doctor's expectations. So I thought that was a really nice reveal also mm -hmm. that you had it towards the end of the documentary. Yeah, I think, I think it's a tough moment. You know, it's, uh, 
it's not easy to talk about. I mean, a lot of stuff is gray and, uh, you know, there was something with their connection that, um, his parents made the right decision. And, um, I think, you know, this film is a lot of things, right? This film is obviously much about Eddie Noah, but I think there's a big portion of this film that's about caregivers and, you know, um, as much as we're talking about all these amazing qualities and all these heroic things, the reality of Eddie's parents are very um, full time. And it's uh, it's a lot of work. And hopefully you get to see that a bit. And yeah, see- you, are, you guys really honored that. I mean, Chris is a great I'm sure early on you realize Chris is kind of a, a great narrator in a way. I mean, he's, I don't want to say a great character. He's a, he's a real guy, but he's just such a good guy. And I yeah. thought you really honored his journey. And he's, uh, I mean, he even says like Eddie's his hero. So Eddie's kind of this like leader floating above all the proceedings in a way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but having Chris kind of be the narrator was a really great choice. I thought. Yeah. I, I you know, when, uh, when Chris tells you that, you know, like maybe, or, or he, he questions and, and is pretty certain that, you know, maybe this is his life's calling, right? This is why he's here. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe him, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's just so, um, transparent about the way that he feels about it. Um, and, and, you know, Eddie, Eddie, uh, it, you know, it is, is their life. Um, and, you know whatever he needs to do uh whatever whatever stereotypes within himself he needs to break in order to provide that care he's also willing to do um it's really it's really interesting when you encounter someone like that and and they just like you know whether it's out of necessity or 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 something other than that they they just like okay well this is this is how this has to go Uh, this is uh in everyone's best interest and and i can be I can be tough. I can be strong. I can also be gentle. I can, you know, have a full range of, of being with this person that I'm caring for. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also like, um, all right, let's think about masculinity. Let's think about toughness. Let's think about all these things, what they represent. Mm-hmm. And you have right. somebody, Chris, who's the ultimate tough guy, leather jacket, motorcycle, yeah. Marines. Mm-hmm. And his, at the, it boils down to him being like th- this previous background that i have has been building me up to take care of my son who has a brain injury mm-hmm. who's severely disabled and he does it with the most tenderness you, you'll ever see when he's yeah. watching he's in the bathroom and you know that was uh, touching yeah you you get a, this glimpse of what what that can be uh, um a bit more than what we typically get to see mm-hmm. and i think a lot of the films that we we hope to try to make are letting you in on those moments that um, you start to expand maybe your views on um, what these things look like. And, you know, just what a, what a family, you know, what a family that said they're going to do something and they did it, you know, it goes back to Eddie, but it also goes to the family. Awesome. Well, this is really great guys. Uh, Now you mentioned you're already working on your next documentary. Are we allowed to talk about it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> we've made, so we had this um <laughs> we have this uh thing where we make we've been able to make a lot of films we're very lucky uh you know um documentaries take years and so during so the pandemic happened if you're a listener and you didn't hear that it, it happened uh, and it's happening 
But uh, it paused some stuff. And uh, really so sorry we, if you're just hearing right now. <laughs> Breaking news. So we, we, we were very lucky because we had all the production done on, on Tougher Than a Tank that's now available on Amazon, right. uh, iTunes, yes. whatever. So uh, we were able to finish that, really spend a lot of time. But we had another documentary um, that we've been working on for 10 years and um it was it's a personal one to me and so me and john have been working on this film uh about my dad who had a brain injury who lost uh you know a big chunk of his memory of me and my siblings growing up um and um 10 years ago the initial idea of the film was to bring his memories back go on this journey to find his memories and it turned into this weird, bizarre, eternal sunshine meets avant-garde film where it's not about the memories that you're trying to get back. It's it's uh, who who have we changed into? Who have we become? Oh, and a new relationship. And so it's, it's it, you know, we get to work on a lot of films that are pretty um, extraordinary, uh, the stories and um, the mirror of you know, Eddie's family, um, which the brain injury is very different. My dad's brain injury is very different than Eddie. Um, right. uh, but the timing was interesting. So we, we finished, finished this film called the, the house we lived in, um, that we're, um, going to be releasing soon. Oh, right. Uh, and, uh, you know, that it's been wonderful doing that, you know, and it's this personal film. Dear and dear to your heart. Yeah. It's yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's all these other films that we're, we're continuing to work on. Okay. Um, there's a film with Mary Daig, who's another veteran. Um, she's a double arm amputee, uh, elbow up, so no prosthetics. And she's a big gamer and she plays video games with her feet. And, you know, she's on uh, Twitch in a lot of co- online communities. And um, so we've been filming with her for like three ish years. Uh, but right now we're in Vermont, uh, mm-hmm. doing a different thing. <laughs> yeah, right now oh. we're in Vermont, uh, still chasing another, uh, you know, endurance endurance related uh, event. We okay, are cool. falling around. Uh, there's there's a bike packing event. So bike packing, if you're not familiar, it kind of mixes like you know gravel mountain bike riding with uh, more like backpacking style camping. And um, you know there, there's a great event here in Vermont called the Super Eight. Super 8 is 640 miles of riding. Uh, it's the majority of it's off the road, so it's gravel, single track, it's a whole mix of things. Uh, there was a FKT, a fastest no time, put down this summer of like two and a half days on the route. So it, it's a pretty hot route. That, that was a lot of miles, but we're, we're chasing uh, not not just the front riders in this event. We're, we've been kind of bouncing around for the past week chasing some people that are out there for the experience and uh for a lot of folks in the endurance community um you know bikepacking is a cool mix of like a very high performance sport and it's also something that's community driven because you're you're going through um all these small towns and you're interacting with people so this this is also uh you know acknowledging that we're not post-covid but this was like our our attempt at like having a post-covid film that, that is also coming back to community this is a lot of, you know, for many people who uh, were, you know, pursuing cycling or, or other endurance sports, uh, you know, they're, they're missing their races, they're missing their community, they're missing um, this kind of engagement uh, that comes along with it. And so, 
yeah, we're, we're following some everyday athletes and uh, some high performance athletes and um, the community in Vermont that comes together and the policy that makes all of these trails possible. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're in the middle of that right now in a van in Vermont. <laughs> well, awesome. We can't wait to have you back to talk about that when, when that, that gets released. But of course you can check out tougher than a tank on all the street, all the platforms, right? Amazon, I see Voodoo also available. Is it on Tubi as well? Or Yep. Yep. And, wow. and iTunes um, and uh, cable on demand, wherever you have that. Yeah. All, all, all those good VHS, things. VHS. VHS, yeah. Uh, VHS, Walmart. too? Yeah. Walmart. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, <laughs> taking out of the back of the van. They're $5. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Get yep. <laughs> you can, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a deal for it all. Uh, you see the title's a little crooked don't worry about it don't worry about it (laughs) well wow thanks so much tim and john uh again a brilliant documentary tugs at the heartstrings man you should check it out of course with the upcoming veterans day coming up what 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 better film uh i i can think of is, is tougher than a tank you know I can't think of a, a better a film than Tougher Than a Tank <laughs> to watch on Veterans Day to honor those that have served their country. And it's a good length. We should say that. It's a nice, uh, brisk pace, and you're in and out. Yeah. I watched it with my wife. Neither of us took a bathroom break, and that's unheard of. So nice. That's wow. great. Check it out. <laughs> so I guess, John and uh, Tim, before that you go, want to do like a promo, let us know who you are, throw out a plug for uh, Tougher Than a Tank, maybe a quick, tiny synopsis. Then let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Toughest mm. question you asked. Mm, mm. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I am Tim. I'm John. And we are Pixella Films. And we would love for you to check out Tougher Than a Tank. It's a feature-length documentary uh, available now uh, that brings you through a story of one Marine Um trying to reconnect with the wounded veteran he had seen in 12 years on this epic run, 145 miles door to door, um, which, you know, tells the story of uh, the veteran process after service, um, but also brings us into um, recovery, healing, uh, and and what it means to um, reconnect. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We're on uh, Below the Belt Show, and thanks for having us and check it out <laughs> right on awesome well uh i see you guys are bundling up because you guys are in vermont so <laughs> stay warm and uh thanks Thank- so much for talking to us again uh, again a brilliant brilliant doc uh urging everyone to check it out thanks so much john and tim and thanks for calling in to blow the belt show thanks thanks, thanks for having us all right thanks, take guys. care good luck bye thanks bye, bye guys all right